Welcome to An Apple a Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. Before we start, let me remind you, An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast, so if you get a minute, go over there, check it out. Also, I want you to go over to Facebook. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash disabled living. And join us on our group page over there. Join in the fun. Join the conversations. Maybe you can answer questions for somebody. Maybe you have a question you want to ask. Maybe you just want to join in the chats that are going on over there. But whatever. Go over to Facebook. Join us on the group page. It's called Living with a Disability. It's an Apple a Day page. So have some fun. How you feeling today, my friends? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. Hey. How you making out with your medications? You still getting them delivered? You cleaning them before you bring them in the house? You seeing there's a resurgence in this COVID-19. People, people are getting too complacent. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. And you see in cities and, and states like Danbury, Connecticut, they're starting to close down again because people just got too complacent. Texas, Florida, Arizona... You get too uh, easy with it. Like it doesn't exist anymore. And I don't understand. I really don't understand all this need for like, oh, I've been locked up in my apartment for three months, four months. I have to get out. I have to go to a restaurant. I have to go to a party. Why? Why? Why would you risk your life? to go to a restaurant or a party. People that are dying to go to a movie theater. You've got all kinds of on-demand movies right there in your house. But you're dying to go to a movie theater? And the schools. You, I don't understand parents. All right, there's all those jokes out there. Oh, you're stuck with the kids, da-da-da-da-da. But do you really want to send your kids back into a, into a school where you, you, you're not there to control what goes on for your kids? I hear parents saying... I want my kids to go back. And they're coming up with all kinds of bullshit excuses like they need to be socialized. They need it. They can be socialized through Zoom. They can be socialized with their family. They could be socialized with their neighbors. When you're there to supervise that they're keeping the six foot social distancing, they can socialize. But when you're not there, you know how kids get. Kids get complacent too. And they forget about the rules. Especially the younger ones. And everyone says, oh, no, not my kid. My kid is very aware of the virus and very aware of the disease. And that's fine. But when they see their friends, all that awareness goes out the window because they haven't seen their friends for a few months. And you're going to put them in a room with a teacher and hopefully a teacher's aide and, what, 15 kids? And two adults to take care of 15 kids? And you're complaining that you can't take care of your own two kids or three kids, whatever it is you have at home. But you're expecting teachers to do it so you can go back to work or you can relax and not have to deal with your kids' schoolwork or something like that. You know, it's time to step up, people. Step up. You're a parent. Act like a parent. I know some people are saying, well, I want my kid to go back. Well, that's fine. But what are you going to say? God forbid... 
God forbid a million times over something happens to your child and they end up in the hospital and you can't be with your child in the hospital when they're being treated for the COVID-19 or the coronavirus, whatever, and they're there by themselves. Do you remember those horror stories? People dying by themselves in the hospital? Do you want that for your child? I wouldn't I wouldn't play games with my child's life. I wouldn't put their their lives at risk. And the other nonsense about the sports. Oh, they need the sports. They need to play soccer. Well, it's not a contact sport. Have you ever watched the kids play soccer? Have you <laughs> they're sweating, sweat flying everywhere. They're running. Same thing with football, same thing with baseball. You want a non contact sport? Play ping pong. That's I don't understand the parents. I just don't understand it. But I guess teach his own. Now, another thing. I'm pissed this week. I'm really, really pissed this week. Um, I've been having some issues, health issues. I told you about this right along. Well, I had to have a pick line put in, in a central line to take care of. I have an osteomyelitis and I have a staph infection and a couple of other things going on. So it came time that I needed IV antibiotics. So for the next six weeks, I'm getting IV antibiotics 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And once a week, I have to have a nurse come to, come to my home and change the dressing. So we made arrangements. This is the first week. We made arrangements and the nurse calls up and he says uh, he's going to come. And I have to work around his schedule. I said, that's no, I said, you have to work around my schedule because I have other doctors that I'm going to. I go to like eight doctors over a two-week span. I go to different doctors, every every doctor that is a specialist. I go, to, I go to a rheumatologist. I go to a cardiologist. I go to a neurologist. I'm going to an ophthalmologist, a neuro-ophthalmologist. These are regular weekly appointments that I'm going to for the problem that I'm having because I've been diagnosed with giant cell arteritis, GCA, and I've been diagnosed with an osteomyelitis infection in my bones, and I've been diagnosed with uh, staph infections in my hands, and my hands are bleeding and have holes in them, actually, at this point. So this nurse says, well, you know, I'm doing you a favor by fitting you in. You're doing me a favor? Let me tell you something. This is costing me a copay weekly of $307. You're not doing me any favor. If you're going to do me a favor, it's not going to cost me a dime. I'm paying. I'm a paying customer. That's $307 after what my insurance pays. So, no, you're not doing me any favors. And he, he had the nerve. So I called his boss. I said, I don't even want this guy in my house. And they're telling me, well, he's the only one in that area try it out, let him come. So he was here yesterday and he came in totally different attitude, but over the phone, you're doing me a favor? No, you're not doing me a favor. I'm doing you a favor actually by hiring you. Oy. Well, we got a good one for you today. We're going to be talking about the myths that people spread about disabled people. And you're not going to believe some of them. We're also going to be talking about air conditioning, air-conditioned rooms that help spread the COVID-19, and we have research to back that up. And there's also the first case of reinfection of, of the COVID-19 virus, and we're going to go over that. So sit back, relax, and let's get started here. Some people say myths are rumors or mistruths 
or misbeliefs. Me, for the most part, I call them lies. You know, we spoke about myths that people believe about disabled people, and I got a list more from readers and listeners of the podcast here. And some of them are, people with a disability are not able to take care of themselves. Now, that's definitely a myth. All right, I'm disabled. A lot of people listening to this are disabled and they can take care of themselves. They cook for themselves. They dress themselves. They wash themselves. They clean their clothes. They drive. There's people with disabilities that work. People believe that someone with a disability is bedridden. That's not true. That's just a myth. People with a physical disability should have a caretaker with them in public to assist them. Oh, that would be nice. I think everybody wants a caretaker with them in public to assist them. But it's not necessary. I know that there's times that it helps me. I'm missing a limb, but it's not necessary. People with a mental disability should have a caretaker with them in public to protect the public. That is such small-minded thinking. Not only is that a myth, that's a lie. That's an out-and-out lie. People believe what they want to believe when they don't understand something. And that's proof positive right there, that they don't understand what a mental disability actually is. People with a physical disability exaggerate to get the public sympathy. That, that You don't have to have a, a physical disability to exaggerate to get sympathy. That's not just on people with a physical disability. That's on a lot of people. Actually, people with a disability don't want sympathy. People with a physical disability want to be looked upon as able to do what they have to do without sympathy from other people. I know that for a fact. People with a disability feel they should be treated special. No, they don't. People with a disability want to blend in. They want to blend in with everybody else around them. They don't want to be treated special. They want to be treated normal. People with a disability feel they're entitled to priority accommodations, such as at hotels or shows or parking, for that matter. No, they're not looking for priority accommodations. They're looking for accommodations. Take myself again, for example. I'm in a wheelchair. I go to a hotel. I need handicap-accessible accommodations so that I can take a shower. I need a a walk-in or a roll-in shower so that I can take a shower when I get there. I can't take a shower if the shower is inside a bathtub. How am I supposed to do that? As far as at a show, I need a place that I can get to with my wheelchair, that I can sit in my wheelchair. Imagine going to a movie theater in a wheelchair and you have to go down the row for seats in a regular movie theater. That would mean I can't go to the movie theater. As far as parking, I have a wheelchair. I have to be able to get my wheelchair out of my car. So yes, I do need accommodations to get my wheelchair out of my car. And it's smart on the business owner's end because I'm a customer. I'm going to be spending money. People with disabilities, mental and physical, or physical, don't mind staying home and not socializing. That's a crock of crap. We like to get out of the house just as much as everybody else does. People with a disability should be homebound or they probably really aren't disabled. Again, small-minded thinking. Just because someone has a disability doesn't tie them to the house, doesn't make them a prisoner in their own house. People with a disability should never be left alone with children because they can't properly care for them. Again, a crock of crap. People with disabilities are approved for adopting children. 
people with disabilities are still capable of having children naturally. What are we supposed to take children away from people with disabilities? Who are you, the Gestapo? People with disability, mental or physical, are grateful for whatever you give them, materially or emotionally, because they don't know any better. Again, small-minded thinking. Maybe they're just grateful because they're good people. Doesn't mean that you can just give them a, a, a rock wrapped in ribbon and say, here, and they're going to be happy with it. Maybe they're just happy by the thought that you gave them something. Maybe they're not materialistic like some people. People with a disability have no self-esteem or self-pride. What would even give you that thought? Why would you think that? People with a disability have no plans or a goal for the future other than to exist. That's the, <laughs> that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. There's workshops for people with disabilities so that they can change careers. People get hurt. They go into disability. They go into social security disability. Social security disability has programs to help people change careers, change career paths, learn new skills. Of course they have plans for the future. Just because someone has a disability doesn't mean their life has ended. That's mentally or physically. People with a disability, mental or physical, have limited intelligence. No, the people that believe that myth have limited intelligence. That's all I'm going to say on that. People with a disability cannot maintain a relationship with an able-bodied person. What? There is no difference, zero difference, between an able-bodied person and a person who has a disability. Other than the fact that person with a disability has a part of them that doesn't work. An able-bodied person and a person with a disability still has a mind. They can still talk. They can still think. There is no difference. It's like saying a person with blonde hair can't associate with a person with red hair or a fat person can't, can't associate with a skinny person or a short person can't associate with a tall person. That's ridiculous and that's close-minded thinking. People with a disability do not need handicapped parking spaces because if they're disabled, how are they able to walk around a store or a mall? Okay, geniuses, they need the handicapped parking space so that they can get into the store or the mall so that they, they can buy the, the necessities that they need. Are you going to go shopping for them? Handicapped parking spaces provide space for them to be able to get out of their, their vehicle with a wheelchair, with a walker. They provide close parking to the front doors. People that have breathing problems, that have mobility problems. Do you know what a handicapped parking space is? Look at a handicapped parking space that says van accessible. And next to it, it has the hash marks. Where a lot of able-bodied people think that's where you return empty shopping carts. Those hash marks are there so that there's a space that you can put a ramp out that you can take a wheelchair out of it, out of the van. It's not there for the empty shopping carts from able-bodied people. They're there so that you're given a, a, an equal shot to be able to go in, buy what you need from the establishment, and get back in your car. It's an accommodation. People, remember, no one asks to be handicapped. These aren't perks. These are accommodations. Let's move on. Now, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. I told you so back in March and April and May. I told you when the summer came, 
we were going to have to deal with the air conditioners and the filters and stuff like that. And sure enough, here's another report because I already, I already shared one report about air conditioners and the filters. And here's another report that came out just this past week. It says air conditioned rooms help spread COVID-19 research shows. It says dry air in air conditioned rooms can help spread the coronavirus according to an Indian-German research team that looked at the role of relative humidity in the transmission of the infections. For office workers and students worldwide, the findings are important as they head back to their desks after months of lockdown. The role of humidity seems to be extremely important in the airborne spread of COVID-19 indoor environments, the researchers reported. The scientists who reviewed the international studies of the swine flu and other infectious diseases such as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome found humidity affects viruses in three ways. Droplet size, how droplets float, how the droplets land on surfaces. In more humid rooms, virus droplets become heavier and fall faster in high humidity providing less chance for other people to breathe in infectious viral droplets, team wrote. Dry air makes the droplets shrink and hang around, becoming what the scientists describe as optimal route for transmission. Low humidity also dries out the mucous membranes in the nose, making it an easier way for the coronavirus, they wrote. Rooms should have a relative humidity of 40 to 60 percent. Open the windows, the researchers urge, to keep the virus from spreading, and governments should include these recommendations in public health guidelines, the team found. Besides raising the relative humidity and wearing face masks, the scientists are urging businesses and schools not to pack rooms with people. So there you have it. We knew it was coming. We knew with the summer months, with the heat and the air conditioning, this was going to happen because the virus thrives in the cold. We have to take steps to protect ourselves. That's why the masks are so important. Social distancing is so important. Follow the steps. Follow the advice of the professionals, people, please. All right, let's move on here. Here we go. It looks like round two for the coronavirus COVID-19. I have a study here. It says a Nevada man becomes the first in the U.S. to catch COVID-19 twice. That's right, two times, twice. A Nevada resident is thought to be the first person in the U.S. to be infected twice by the coronavirus, according to findings released this week. The 25-year-old man of Reno experienced sore throat, cough, headache, nausea, and diarrhea, and first tested positive for the COVID-19 on April 18th, according to the study published by the website SSRN Thursday, which is yet to be peer-reviewed. His symptoms had resolved by April 27th, and he tested negative for the virus twice in May, the study says. Then on May 31st, he saw treatment again for the same symptoms, in addition to a fever and dizziness, according to the study. The patient was hospitalized five days later as his symptoms worsened to include muscle aches, cough, and shortness of breath. He then tested positive for coronavirus a second time. 
Another test revealed he had had the antibodies against the infection. The new study comes after researchers on Monday revealed a 33-year-old Hong Kong man was the first patient ever confirmed to be reinfected with the coronavirus. It also emerged this week that two other coronavirus patients, one from the Netherlands and one from Belgium, were reinfected with the virus. This is the second wave that they're talking about. This is proof that there is a second wave coming. I don't want to scare anybody. I'm not saying it's going to be as bad as the first, but I'm afraid it is going to be as bad as the first. And I don't understand for the life of me all these people saying, I have to go to a restaurant. I have to go to a movie theater. I have to get out of my house. I have to. This is our lives we're talking about. It's so important at this point to continue to practice social distancing to continue to wear the mask. It's for our safety, for ourselves, as well as other people around us. It's not a time to be lax. It's not a time to relax our our efforts. We have to stay vigilant, people. Please, please, it's so important. Social distance yourself. They say six feet, make it 10 feet. The masks, wear the masks. Whenever you leave your house, put that mask on. I don't care if there's anyone around you or not. You don't know what's in the air. Don't let someone stop you. Don't let, don't let someone tell you, oh, you, you look like a, a, an idiot or, you know, don't do that or whatever. That's their prerogative. They, if they want to die, let them die. If, if you want to live, do what you have to do. But this is what they've been talking about, a second wave. And it looks like it's coming. Be safe. Do what you have to do. Make sure you're not bringing it into your home. Make sure you're not taking chances with your life. Let's move on here. If there's one thing I hate is when an intelligent person says stupid things purposely. I was watching local news and the police broke up a party where there was no social distancing and these were young adults college age students and they were crowded on top of one another and there was a reporter there and he said to him he says don't you know how dangerous this is and this student the college age student turns around and says yolo man yolo you only live once you know what you live Every day, every day you live, you only die once. That's something to think about, okay? You only die once. You live every day. What a ridiculously stupid statement, you only live once. I bet you his parents are proud. Listen, I want to thank you for stopping by today. I want to leave you with this one thing. This is a new new thought that I've seen. If you Change the way you look at something, okay? Just change the way you look at something. The thing you're looking at will change as well. Think about that. Have a great weekend. I will talk to you next week. You've been listening to An Apple a Day. My name is Jimmy Apple. And remember this, my friends. The best medicine for everything is laughter. Take care. thanks for listening to an apple a day with jimmy apple your gateway to a happy healthy life join our community at www.famousapple.com see you next time